Bonsoir, comment ça va? Ça va et toi? Long time no see. I know, I know. Je suis bien, je vais avoir faim, je pense. Ah, ok. Ben moi, j'ai mangé, moi. <laughs> I ate already. I did too. I don't think it'll matter because we're going to talk about food. Ah, oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. We can talk about something else if you want. We can talk about motorcycle. We can talk about all kind of shit. Oh, we're going to. I'm Bree, and this is the Bree Search Project. My guest today is a saucy Frenchman who started his career in the culinary arts at 14 years old. He's traveled the world, opened quite a few award-winning restaurants, and been voted one of the best chefs in America. He is known to some as the rock and ride chef, but I know him as my friend, Christophe. Hello, how are you? Hi, welcome back to the Research Project. If that sounded familiar to you, that's a good thing because this is part two of my episode with Christophe Bongrace. So if you missed part one, head back to the previous episode, listen to part one. We're going to jump right in where we left off with part two with Christophe Bongrace. When you transferred to being a chef and and opening restaurants professionally, mm-hmm. what's the ambiance like in your kitchens that you run? Like, what are you listening to? How's the vibe? Do you try and recreate that like Sunday afternoons or is it much more chef time? No, in my kitchen, I'm a different type of, uh, I'm a different kind of guy. I'm a different type of chef. Not as far as cooking or anything like this. My uh, demeanor, because of my uh, military career. Right. So if you take that in consideration, the years that I spend uh, in the military and then uh, the fights, the battle, the atrocity that I witnessed and I saw and then everything that happened to me literally changed my life. So after that, I just I made a point to say life is too short. Yeah, you know, choose to whatever I would would be doing. It would be with fun and uh, love and passion. If not, I'm not doing it. If there is no fun, if there's no love, if there's no passion, I will not do it. And uh, it's the point. I, I that's the line that I draw. So, my to, to answer your question, in my kitchen, we can ask. Uh, I can ask all my cooks and everybody, and because most of my cooks and most of my sous chef are still in touch with me and they still uh, ask me if I have a job with them. They want to come back to work for me and all that stuff because in my kitchen, uh, what I teach to my cook is to be passionate about everything, to be passionate about what you do because when you're in the kitchen with a bunch of guys and then uh, the heat and the flame and the oil and uh, the, the server getting at you and the, the the general manager asking you what the hell is taking so long and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, 400 people in the restaurant. It's it's enough pressure for the guys. And it, it, even for me, because uh, I can have a short fuse, but I, I tend not to uh, pay attention to that anymore. So uh, what I teach is love, passion, fun, sing. And I tell my guy, I'm like, if you're in a shit, let me know. Right. I will come on the line. Uh, most of the time I'm with the guys on the line. Uh, but when it's busy, I'm ex- expediting, you know, organizing all the, the in and out food going out and stuff like that. But I go and I and I show them, and I literally show them how I do it. I go, even if I'm in a shit, I just stop for a minute, 
think of uh, something that makes me happy and I start singing or I start whistling and I cook and I start cooking, singing and all that stuff. And then that's what I teach my guys. So you gotta, you know, you're in the shit. Guess what? It's going to last for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Right. But that 45 minutes or an hour, you got to make it fun. And you got to show me how big your heart is to give everything you got to make those people happy. And before you can make those people happy, you have to make yourself happy. It's like a relationship. You cannot take care of anybody. You cannot love anybody if you don't love yourself. In the moment... Uh, that you find yourself in a weed in uh, in the kitchen because it's so busy, guess what? You hate yourself right. because you can't keep up. You hate yourself because you cannot keep up. You lose your focus and you don't know what's going on with you. You're a good cook, but you can't keep up and you lose your focus. And this is when you get behind. So that's what I tell them. I said, love yourself. You can do this. It's all in your mind. It's all in your brain, you know. Stop for five minutes, take a breather, come back and watch what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, start singing, start thinking about something happy and it'll pass by and then everything's going to be fine. So that's how I run my kitchen with love, passion, happiness. And there's no fight. There's no yelling. There's no nothing. Nice. That sounds like a better environment for everyone. Yeah, it's a better environment for me. Yeah. You know, if I'm happy. And I'm in control of those kitchen and I'm in control of the, the, those people. If I'm happy, guess what? It's a beautiful word because everybody's happy. Right. If I'm cranky, everybody knows I'm cranky and everybody's going to hate me. Right. Because if I'm not happy and if I'm cranky and if, that means that I lose my focus, I lose my, uh, my leadership, I lose all that. And I refuse to, to, to be that. Because as a leader, you cannot lead your guys to failure. You have to, you are the leader. You're the number one guy. And you have to lead them to success. Because if they are successful, guess what? I'm successful. Right. Because they are mainly the one who cooks for me. They cooks whatever I taught them. Yeah. You know, and that's the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you do a lot of consulting now with other restaurants because mm -hmm. you have a lot of skills and opinions and experience. What's a current restaurant trend that annoys you or frustrates you or you think needs to change? Ooh, that's an excellent question, Miss Bree. Hold on. You got you to gotta think for a second over there. I think... I think I'm going to say that the trend that frustrates me the most is newcomers with friends with money or with friends that will invest, they think they don't know crap about restaurant industry, but they think because they have the money that they can run a restaurant. So the new trend that I hate, and it's been a trend for many years now, I'm going to say about five to six years, like those newcomers. Oh, I'm going to open a restaurant. Okay, what do you know about a restaurant? Nothing, but I have money. Okay, cool. So then what they do is like they just run a restaurant by numbers. So they hire a young guy at the lower pay, put him as a chef. The guy don't know what he's doing or he's new at it. Okay, let me rephrase that. He's new at it. He's running a kitchen. He's running people. Don't even know. Right. What's the difference between being a leader and a manager and a, and a cook? But he's leading this, this group. 
and he's managed by number. So now he, he's doing his best by putting shit together. The owners, who don't know shit about restaurants, but they want to make money, they charge you for something that is not even eatable, edible, sorry, or it's not even worth what they charge you for. That's what frustrates me the most because I know, I know exactly what goes into the dish. I know what's, how much it costs. I know. And then you look and you say, who's your chef? And you go to a chef. Sometimes it's not even a chef. It's a kid that was put in that position. Right. And try his best in restaurant industry right now. And I'm not saying all of them are like that, but is what I frustrate me is modern slavery. Just in the name of money, because you have money, because you're the owner. You can think you can use someone as a chef or even, I give you an example. A few weeks ago from now, someone called me and asked me to take over their French restaurant. Okay. When I went to the restaurant and met with the owners, they asked me what was my salary requirement. And I said, look, listen, uh, I don't need much. I will be okay with that. Or if you want, because I'm a independent right now. Uh, I'm doing a lot of consulting. I can tell you, you don't need a chef chef. I can come in. I change the menu. I train you guys. I give you two, three days per week, four days if I need to. I'll be there at the beginning for the, the weekends, like a busy days to lead the guys. Uh, use the, the, the cooks that you have over there that have been over there right. with you for many years, which, by the way, I knew that those guys have been working their ass off for years for the same guy and never got a raise, right? That's what I call, and, and one more time, I call that modern slavery because it's all about your pocket, but don't care about your employee, but that's beside the point. And the gentleman is like, about, I make you a deal. I said, okay, what's your deal? Because I was curious. He's like, I give you this amount. One week, you, you work six days. The next week, you work seven days. The next week you work six days. The next week you work seven days. And I'm like, with all the respect, sir, I said, I'm not going to be disrespectful or anything like this. I said, what you offering me right now, as far as the salary is concerned, with my qualification, my career, what I've done and what I'm doing right now, right? I will not set my alarm to wake up to think of you. Second of all, you... Asking me six days one week, right. seven days another week. That's slavery. And I told him to his face, right. you can't treat people like this. And he's like, well, take it or leave it. And I said, one more time, you guys call me. I didn't call you. Yeah. I didn't come to you. You call me. Right. So this is what frustrates me. That's the train we're going into right now. And that frustrates me because, you know, I... Throughout my career, probably like you also as well, you ate uh, whatever you have had to, to, to eat and do to be at the level that you are right now. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was hard work. And to be treated like that, no. Yeah. I always fought, always fought for my cooks first to give them more money, to give them two days a, a week. Yeah. And most of the cooks that I worked in New York, in Miami, uh, in Vegas, in uh, Los Angeles, they all 
work two jobs, three jobs, because they want to make it. Some of the, the cooks that worked for me had zero days off. For years, was seven days a week. And when I was asking them, I'm like, what's your day off over there? How many restaurants do you work? Or he's like, I work three restaurants, chef. Morning, evening, and then graveyard. Wow. I said, when do you sleep? He's like, well, sometimes I sleep. I, I'm able to sleep one hour. But then uh, then I have to take the, the bus or the train back, you know, to, to work. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. I said, okay, give me the name of the restaurant that you work at. Give me the name of the chef. Let me call those guys. Let's work out something together. Right. Okay. Give him Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, two days off. We together give him the same days off. Yeah. Like this, he worked five days, his ass off, but at least he has two days off with his family and able to sleep. Yeah. And he's like, I agree. And they all agree. They all agree. And he's like, yeah, but he never said anything. I said, well, but you have, you, you have to, to talk to the people. You have to ask him the question. When I was in New York for six years, minimum wage was 10 bucks an hour. Right. And they lived by bus and train or whatever, like this, two hours away from work, you know? And then some, some of my cook that I, that I had basically never came home for days because they were working three jobs in the city and bouncing from restaurant to restaurant. They came to the restaurant, go straight to the bathroom, take a little wash, wash, wash in the, in the, in the bathroom and go back to work. Yeah. That's my frustration. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, that's a valid frustration to have. I mean, I think that's a whole side of the restaurant industry that people don't necessarily get to see is how demanding both physically and mentally the whole industry can be and kind of how people struggle with that. And I was going to ask you, like health wise, the physical and mental health struggles, the sacrifices that people make to pursue mm -hmm. these goals and how often they can damage other sides of their lives. I mean, we've seen we've seen multiple chefs, Anthony Bourdain being one of the biggest most recently, but multiple chefs that mm -hmm. are battling all kinds of inner demons. And those are just like the big note people that people know of. There's lots of people in the restauranteering industry that are struggling with stuff like that. So I think even just shining a light on it so that people are more aware mm -hmm. of kind of how difficult and what a struggle it can be on both sides is is helpful, you know. Yeah. Well, the physical, the physical, and then um, mental, and uh, the stress level when when you're a chef, when you're a high level chef, is true because more you get up into uh, the, the the rank, more is asked of you, and more is demanded of you. Why? Because of the the, the salary that uh, you are getting paid. So owners or anybody, they want to squeeze, you know, and beat the horse until it's dead because for, for every penny that they pay you. Right. You know, I have, uh, you know, I have my own story about that, but I have a, other chefs that I know that were uh, amazing. They are still amazing chefs, but due to the fact that they, they, they very talented. They, they known people pay them great money to do their restaurant. So now they expect you basically to sleep in a restaurant, never leave the restaurant, work those insane hours of, in the restaurant. So you start sacrificing 
your family, your wife, your kids, your this, your that. You know, two, three years ago, um, because I left uh, about a year ago and I became independent about a year ago. But before that, I was, I, I saw myself in seven, eight, nine months outside of California, not, not in my house. Yeah. Uh, working six, seven, seven days a week. I did, I saw myself working seven days a week for, for months because the, the owner, like, literally, you know, said, you gotta be here. You have to be here. Right. You're the corporate chef. You gotta be over there. You gotta do over there. You gotta be over there. And if I had a chance, like, to, one Sunday to say, okay, cool, tomorrow it's good for the restaurant. I'm gonna take a day off. He was calling me. Where are you? Why are you not at work? Right. You know? The demand is is too high, and then uh, you know, and the, the the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. Is there a balance? Is there a way to de-stress? You talked earlier about like how everything's in your brain, and you can overcome mm-hmm. anything. How do you keep your brain healthy now, knowing what you know? Is there a balance of how to have both sides of this? Yeah, I think uh, myself. I realize uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot happened throughout the, la- the last year in my personal life and in, in, in career that I realized that money is not all that. Um, money is good for sure, but it's, it's not on that uh, situation. You're like you, you're trying to take care of your family, and then uh, you know, you're trying to do the best you can to keep, uh, especially at my level. You, for, I can't fall asleep, and then uh, I have a talented young chef coming in. And then, which is good. I love to see that. But in our career, you're, you're easy come and you go. You know, you right. can be forgotten uh, in what you do. And then, I, again, I have a great example, a great friend of mine, um, two Michelin stars, talented guy, like nobody else. He still holds the, the, the record of the youngest friendship getting two Michelin stars, and uh, he never got beat. You know, now he's, he's older. He's a little bit older to be, and then uh, he's worried. Because of his uh, qualification, because of his talent, because uh, nobody pays anymore. So all that is precious. So when you when you get a job, when you're at that level, when you're even for me, when you get a job, you you just do whatever you have to do to to keep that job, to keep yourself uh, working and insane and all that stuff. So in your mind, you you gotta find. For me, I I had to find just the middle, uh, right in the middle where what do I need to survive? What do I need to live? And what do I need to be happy? Yeah. You know, and I set a goal to myself and that goal works because I don't need much anymore. You know, I don't need much anymore. What I have around me and what makes me happy is amazing friends. And I don't have much. The amazing friends that I have, I can count them on, my, on both hands. Yeah. But I know if I can... If I text them or if I call them or they hear, I, I hear her, their voice. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy in uh, my, uh, my house. Uh, I garden a lot and it's just, I don't, I just reduced every stressful way, stressful things in my life. I just knock them out. Yeah. Knock them out. And it is what it is. My, uh, my, all my children, my five children are growing up beautiful. They out of the house. They grown up. They old. They older. <laughs> you know, they uh, one of them is gonna be uh, getting married this year. They have their life. I did what I had to do. 
Right. To take care of everything and to take care of everybody. And now that I'm single, I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. Now I'm enjoying, I have no stress. Mm-hmm. No stress level. And, uh, you know, I consult for Princess Cruise Line. I'm, uh, I'm going to get a contract with a MSC uh, Cruise Line. I'm consulting for a few restaurants here uh, right now. Uh, I'm a culinary instructor at Training Academy here in, uh, in LA. Uh, I'm having fun. Good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's true that it all comes down to personal connection and finding those true, honest connections and, and upholding them with people, which is kind of, you know, what I'm trying to do with this. So I agree. I also I do want to talk about cooking and you're a culinary instructor. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to kind of let you give some tips to people about cooking in general. What's the hardest cooking skill you think there is to master or that you had to master through your culinary learning? Well, the hardest, how do you say it? Tricks? No, did you call how do Skill. You, skill. Okay, cool. The hardest skill in culinary is never give up your belief in who you are and in the type of cooking you wanna you wanna achieve. Okay. And I learned that the hard way because my way to cook, I have it for many, 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 many years. What I do, I my skills, I have it for many, many, many years. And when I was young and upcoming, no one, no one believed in me and what I was doing. They were saying, your cooking is not the right way. You have to change your way. You have to think. And I never did. So the hardest skill in culinary is to... Not listen, not giving up on yourself because everybody can cook at a certain level. But it, and then if you teach yourself and then if you listen to some certain technique, mm-hmm. because I still learn today, believe it or not, I have students that have showed me tricks in the kitchen. It's like, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. What? How did you do this? <laughs> And I'm honest with you. And I'm like, oh, hold it, hold it. Show me this again. Yeah. How the hell did you do this? He's like, oh, I did this in my grandma. Da, da, da. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is awesome. And there is technique right now that I'm using that I learned three weeks ago, four weeks ago from a student. Nice. And I'm the teacher. Yeah. Constantly learning. Constantly learning. So the, the hardest skills, the skill will be not... You stop believing in yourself and what you do or what you want to achieve. Yeah. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own style of cooking. All they need is a little guidance of how to put it together or how to use this and that and that and that and that. And this is why older chefs like me, that's what we transfer to the young now. Yeah. But then we want the young to take that and make it their own for them to be successful, you know, Yeah. for them to be recognized in their, in their culinary arts. Yeah. You know, of course I love, I love when I, when I see uh, chefs now that was cook under me, couldn't cook for shit, <laughs> but I, I thought of, and now they amazing talented chefs. And I love when they uh, they uh, throw on the uh, Instagram, you know, my mentor is Christoph, and then Christoph told me, he said, oh, my mentor was Christoph, and 
Oh, the best teacher that I had was Christoph. The best chef I were was Christoph. I'd love to hear that for sure. But they took what I teach them and they use the knowledge, but they turn it into their own cuisine after that. Right. So that's the hardest skill. Don't, don't lose focus on who you are and what you want to do. Nice. What is something that everyone should have in their kitchen? Mm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, a knife, for sure, a knife. But uh, I'm going to say one thing because I have two of them and I do everything in there is a cast iron uh, skillet. Guess what I asked for for my birthday this year? A cast iron skillet. And guess what I got? A cast iron skillet. Correct. And I have mm-hmm. no idea how to use it. I've basically just like baked olive oil onto it in the oven. And now it's very heavy. Yeah. And now I need to figure out what I can do in it. Well, it can, uh, you can do basically everything in it. Nice. Yeah. Anything that you can possibly imagine uh, from fish to, to, to chicken, to meat, to pasta, to sauces, to you can do basically anything. Uh, and if you have a good one, I have two skillets and one cast iron uh, crock pots. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I even do uh, desserts. Amazing apple pie into uh Ooh, that's smart. Cast iron skillet. I can make apple pie. There you go. I will teach you my grandmother recipe apple pie to die for. In the cast iron. Ooh, I'm in. I just bought apples <laughs> yesterday. I'm in. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say a cast iron skillet. Must have. That's a good one. Okay. We've talked all about like what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Flipping over to this side of the restaurant touring uh experience. Give us an insider tip when dining out, what to order, what to avoid, what you should judge on the menu, how you should judge a dish. Give us an insider tip for eating at a restaurant. All right. It's a big no-no. Avoid seafood special, fish special at the end of the week. Avoid that. Okay. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> no, I, you asked me, I'm telling you, I'm like. Yeah, no, it's good. Good insider clues. Because we all do it. We usually uh, order. Well, depending on the restaurant, you know, uh, Yamashiro, for instance, I was ordering fish every every two days. So because it's going so fast, so fish was fresh uh, all the time. Yeah. But uh, many restaurants order uh, fresh fish at the beginning of the week. And then towards the end of the week, didn't sell it. So they make a special out of it. Right. Uh, that's why I say avoid, because if you're fragile, uh, your health is fragile, the fish still good. I'm going to say still good, but it's not as fresh as it right, should be. Right. So avoid any uh, special seafood or fish and stuff like that towards the end of the week, especially on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's that's number one tip. Or avoid. No, avoid. Good. That's a good tip. Yes. What you order. Well, depending on uh, how adventurous you are, on the menu, if you don't understand a sentence of or a word of the description of the, the, the dish, or if the description doesn't make any sense, don't order that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that it's bad. It, it means that sometimes, and to be honest with you, it happened to me sometimes when I create a dish, okay? And uh, I know my dish are good. All my dish that I, that I create, they're good because I put time and effort to, to develop that dish to, to make sure that I get uh, exactly what I want. But there's times where you find yourself uh, describing the dish 
And this dish is so confusing because you did so much to it that you can't even describe it. Right. So you start you start using word because you you are yourself confused. So you want to confuse <laughs> you want to confuse the, the customer as well because yeah. you you can't even explain. You know, and again, uh, if you don't understand the word, if you don't understand the sentence or whatever it is that uh, it's described, again, it's, it doesn't mean that it is bad at all whatsoever. It means that you probably will find flavors, uh, taste and all stuff that you will not like. Uh, make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because I think, and I haven't thought about it like this before, but like the first way you taste something is by reading what it is and imagining what those flavors would taste like. That's how you decide something is preferable, right? Like that's how you decide that's something that you want to taste. Correct. And if you can't figure out what that is, you're going to be disappointed with whatever you get, whether it's good or not. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm sure throughout your uh, restaurant visits and all that stuff, you heard many times somebody ordering a dish, trying eating the dish and say, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You heard that. Because the, the, it's because you read something that you were not sure of what it was. Right. And so you order it because you're curious. Like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm like, what the hell is this? That sounds interesting. Yeah. Right. And then when you eat it, you're like, uh, that's okay, but this is not what I was expecting. Right. I want something different. And that's because, because of the, the description, because you couldn't understand, uh, the description or word was, uh, not familiar or anything like this. So I'm saying like the good tips is like just order what you're familiar with, like ingredients wise. If you understand the, the properly, the, uh, the description of the dish, if you understand that, then order that. If you don't understand, stay away from it. Yeah. Stay away from it. You will be disappointed. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. And i give you an example. If I say to you a, uh, a pensier de poularde, pensier de poularde with the sauce gribiche and the, and the bed of uh, cauliflower. Okay. What what did you understand? Pensier chicken. Sauce gribiche. Uh, you don't know what the sauce gribiche is. No. So pan-seared chicken, some kind of sauce, and mm-hmm. cauliflower. On the bed of a cauliflower. Okay, right. so, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you start thinking about, like, oh, what's a poulard, what's a gribiche, and blah, 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 blah. You don't, you know, and, you, and you go like, oh, okay. So gribiche basically is a, is a sauce made up with a chopped up egg white and uh, yellow and then uh, lard and vinegar and all that So it's <laughs> very, very, you know, very uh, tricky combination. It's good. But yeah. if you're not used to it, you're going to be like, ooh, what is that? Ooh. Right. So you're going to be disappointed. So that was my trick. There you go. I like it. I like it. Okay. So what would your last meal be? Would you cook it or would you have someone else cook it? And what would it consist of? My last meal? No, no, no. I, I don't think I would have a last meal. <laughs> no. Okay, so not last meal, like ideal meal. What is your ideal meal? And would you cook it or would you have someone else cook it for you? No, my ideal meal for me, it would be grilled sardine, fresh sardine. Oh, interesting. Olive oil and uh, sea salt. That's it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what I love. Okay. Some bread, some cheese, great glass of wine, and then great company. Yeah, you're French. 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> You're French, all right. Um, uh, okay, if you could learn the answer to one question about your future, what would the question be? Huh. I have no question. I don't want to know anything. I really don't want to know anything. I just live my life happily, and then uh, it is what it is, and then whatever happened happened and it's okay if i die tomorrow i die tomorrow if i uh you know if i die in 20 years it'll be 20 years lately i i choose to live a life happy no drama uh love my friends and people who wants to love me they love me if they don't want they don't you know it, it's just i don't i don't care about all that anymore i, I just i'm not gonna worry about it anymore the, the world is so fucked up right now yeah everything going to shit excuse my french but everything going to, 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 to crap right now uh, or the shit right now that uh, I don't want to worry about that. I do not. How do you think this is going to affect the restaurant industry, COVID and the whole pandemic? It's funny you say, you, you ask this question because I, uh, if you would have asked me this two months ago, I was like, okay, restaurant industry is, is pretty much fucked. Because a lot of people are not gonna, uh, going to, to go back to restaurants and yada, 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 like six feet apart. Right and uh, mask on, mask off. But now I'm I'm uh, I'm actually changing my uh, my position on that one because two three days ago I went to uh, I was invited to a, a going away party from a, a marine, so U.S. Marine uh, Corps, and uh, it was in uh, the Berkshire House on uh, La Brea, okay, a bar restaurant, and uh, well, I was shocked. I walked into that thing. Uh, the bar was packed. Wow. Not one person, not one person wear a mask. No way. Not, really? Not one person was, yeah, no, not even. Wow. Not, even, not, not one person was less than a foot uh, apart from each other, hugging, kissing. Uh, I was like, whoa, okay, okay. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, other restaurants open and then friends of mine, uh, chefs are open. They're like, dude, we're packed. We're packed. Yeah, people are so sick of eating at home. They're just like ready to go out to restaurants. This is what I'm saying. I'm like, this world is going to crap real quick. Like, it's, it's, it's changing like so rapidly that uh, so we had uh, for three months every single day on the news and this and that, the coronavirus. And we had, oh, my goodness, we had another 2,000 dead and another 3,000 in, in Italy. So, but blah, 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 blah. Corona, 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 corona. Then we have this tragedy uh, happening with George Floyd. Right. Now, riots, march, riots, looters, police brutality, boom, blah, blah, blah. Everybody forgot about the coronavirus. No more. You don't talk about it. Anymore. Right. Now it's all about the justice. It's all about this. Isn't it? And it, it is sad what happened. I don't wish it to my worst enemy to, to, to go like this, especially in the end of uh, the, the police. But what happened to the, the virus? What happened to uh, da, 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 da? So now state are reopening. Miami reopened. Uh, Florida reopened. Sorry. California reopened. And then guess what? We're seeing the, the cases rising and rising. Corona coming back. Second wave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sunday, I took my motorcycle for a ride, you know, and I did over 150 miles ride nonstop. I didn't stop, nothing. I just went up to the mountain, all the way back down to uh, Huntington Beach and along the beach and all that stuff. And, I, and I'm cruising around along the beach and I'm watching, I'm like, nobody has a mask. 
Nobody is six feet away. Nobody is. It's just like no more, no more time. It's it's done and over. They forgot about it. You know. So yes, restaurant industry will do good. But you know who's going to do better? The two go, the pickup line, the pickup uh, corner. But they're going right. to do better because right. a lot of people got you so used to uh, stay home and cook. Yeah. Uh, or order and stay home. Right. So bar definitely is going to go back up like nobody else business. Right. Uh, restaurant. You know, I was reading on the news today that I don't know how many restaurants, over two to three hundred restaurants here in, in in Los Angeles, are not respecting the rules of uh, coronavirus. Right. The separate the table and all that stuff. So nobody's listening. the The human body, the human race is is, is stubborn. They don't listen. Nobody wants to listen. That is true. Uh huh. You know, and I'm not saying uh, I'm I'm a I'm an alien or something like that, but at least I listen. You know, because I care. It's weird to see this. Like, nobody listens. Yeah. You know? It'll be interesting for sure. I guess we'll see what happens in two weeks when all these people who haven't been distancing, what mm-hmm. happens if people get sick. So, well, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, so what are you looking forward to? What's coming up for you? Are you cooking somewhere? Are you consulting? What's happening? Well, I'm looking forward yeah, yes, I'm working right now. Uh, like I said, I said I work as the chef and instructor. So I, I, I'm consulting for President's Cruise Line still. Nice. But right now, everything's on hold with the, the, the cruise line. And uh, what I'm looking forward to is the MSC Cruise Line based uh, out of uh, Geneva in uh, Europe. But their ships is everywhere in the world. Yeah. So they are building two new ships uh, right now. One out of uh, Ficantieri in Italy and the other one in uh, France. So uh, they contacted me to open. They want to do a super, that was their words, a super high-end Japanese restaurant on board of the ship. Oh, nice. So they want to contract Masato and myself because we are a team. Uh, We work together. We don't do anything without without each other on, on big projects. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's it's very exciting. So I'm looking for that. Like when the cruise line industry got hit the first, you know, the big time. And you know the story with all those ships got infected yeah, and yeah, da, yeah. da 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 da. Uh, it's going to take them a little bit longer to reopen for business, but it's coming up pretty soon. So then I will I will work on the that uh, Japanese uh, high end restaurant. And then uh, Princess Cruise Line, uh, I'm supposed to do also as well. I did last year open their first sushi restaurant on board their, of their brand new ship out of uh, also Italy. Oh, amazing. So they want me now to open a, a bigger restaurant on board of their ship. So that's the two things that I'm looking forward to as well. And uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, what I'm looking forward to also as well is like, after this whole crap 2020 had to offer, I get to spend more time with uh, my close friends and then uh, enjoy each other and like really realizing that uh, everything is a bunch of bullshit. Just friendship lasts, you know? Yeah. Only friendship lasts and then the true friendships and true people last. That's what I'm looking forward to. Doing more uh, dinner, like barbecue at home, you know, enjoy each other, like, as much as we possibly can. So I like it. I agree. And I am looking forward to that as well. 
I think that this is kind of reprioritized a lot of things for people. So I'm looking forward to reconnecting with the people who have stuck through. Yeah, exactly. So it's who's stuck through. And it's funny, um, not funny, not too funny, but I think it's just an expression when I say that, that throughout this this whole pandemic and all that stuff, uh, how many people text you to check on it? Yeah, or how many people haven't? Yeah, on my side, and I know a lot of people, on my side, people who checked on me before I text them, okay? Like yeah. on their own, zero. It's yeah me who checked on it, it's not a complaint. It's, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. And that's, you said it, you realize or you reconfigure, you know, really what's going on. And it's, it's the way it is, I guess, you know. So I look forward to, to connect with the true people, like really true people. Yep. That's what's important. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I look forward to getting a glass of wine or sake or Japanese whiskey or whatever you want to drink mm -hmm. soon. I'm waiting for those recipes to arrive because I am running out of things to cook. So oh, okay. send them over. Just, just <laughs> let me know which one. you. We do a FaceTime. I guide you through FaceTime. About, oh, yeah, that? that would be great. We'll do a FaceTime cooking call. We do a FaceTime cooking uh, cooking call. Uh, it's easier for me because I, I actually see what you're doing and I can stop you when you do something wrong. You know, uh, you're not going to let me use pre-baked pie crust, though, are you? Yes. For the first time. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. all right. Well, that's easy. I can I can do that. Yeah, I could probably make a crust, too. I'm not a terrible cook, actually. No, but uh, the one that my grandmother uses a uh, pot for your tea, uh, puff pastry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the very thin, uh, very crunchy. Yeah, so, the layers, yeah. Yeah, even me now, I, I just buy it. Pre, uh, you know, it's in a freezing, freezing uh, section. It's great. It's good. Just add a little bit of butter on top of it. But I'll show you. It's the best thing ever. That apple pie is the best thing ever. Can't wait. So let me know when, when you're not busy. FaceTime call. I'm not <laughs> busy. I'm stuck in my house quarantining. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. Yeah, I will. I just bought apples yesterday. Yeah, and no, on quarantine is the best thing ever. I swear to you, I love. It. I I planted tomato with seed because everything I buy now, if I buy tomato, and so I keep the seeds. Yeah, uh, lemon. I keep the seeds. I, I I and I grow my own thing. <laughs> I've started doing that too. So I like I have two avocado bushes that are growing just because I threw my avocado seeds in pots on my patio. Uh -huh. I do the same thing with romaine lettuce. Mm -hmm. All the onions and root vegetables, celery and stuff, I'll just put the the bottoms in a pot and they start growing. Yeah. So it's it's been great. It's fun too. Yeah. It's fun. To I've do. got squash and cucumbers growing on my patio right now, which I think are getting too hot. I have to move them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Good, good, good. Thank you for chatting with me. This was fun. That was fun. I love it. I appreciate it. I love it. Times fly. I love it. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you for sure. Yes. And sharing more stories. I'm glad to hear you. You're doing well. You're doing okay. And then uh, stay safe. Look forward to, to the, the FaceTime cooking for sure. Yes. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. A bientôt. A bientôt. Ciao, ciao.